Hello and welcome to the podcast. This is Shannon, your beer mistress. The professor. And I'm Jason. Welcome to the Microbrew Review. This is episode 81. And today on the podcast, we're going dark. And I don't mean like unplugging the microphones. And I don't mean like... We're quitting, folks. We live in the country (laughs) and we keep losing power, which is actually happening over and over again. (laughs) Uh, But we're enjoying some dark beers. You know what doesn't happen often? Not the country? Not the country. (laughs) The real world. We are starting with my favorite... I'm trying to think of the word. I'm going to say definitely my favorite milk stout. Also my favorite soft starter converting new folks to the beer realm stout. This was one of my my beer ahas, actually. Um, I'm going to say it. Yeah, go ahead. Don't choke and don't judge. It's better than Guinness in terms of being approachable and sweet because of the milkiness of it. Well, that was the thing that really kind of got me is it has a real nice uh, sweetness from the lactose. And so, I was at Good Dog, which is a little bar in Philadelphia. They have awesome waffle fries. To let the rest of you know <laughs> what we're drinking and what we're talking about, it is Left Hand Brewing's Milk Stout. Uh, they're out of Colorado, but it, they are so good with branding from their stickers to their caps to their everything. They always have this red left hand imprint on everything. But it's pretty easy to come by. It's not, mm-hmm. I wouldn't say it's rare, but it isn't everywhere. But even um, Aaron and I went out, oh, good grief, it's probably been like 14 months ago now. But someone Is offered... Is a baby? You're counting in months? <laughs> someone offered her a stout, and she got really, really nervous. And I countered with, why don't you order the left-hand milk stout? It won't be so intimidating. And she just lapped it up. She thought it was fantastic. How important do you think it is to have the sugar, that sugariness to it, for converting folks? I think it's vital. Mm. Because... People I mean, are like lambics. You think of lambics, and those are super sweet. And a lot of people that don't drink yes beer no. will drink that. Half the lambics are sweet, and half the lambics are tart. It depends on how authentic they are, or what fruit they're made from. Sure, and more often than not, though, if you're trying a lambic for the first time, it's probably going to be Lindemann's, and it's probably yes. going to be sweet. Yes. And you're probably going to love it. But in because <laughs> it's like drinking a raspberry cordial. For the purpose of this argument, I think that the milk sugar is very important because it's taking folks who generally either don't like beer or when they think of beer they're thinking like super hoppy super tart very crisp and the milk sugar just softens it and, and i'm i feel ridiculous the people who judge stout and say it's too dark it's too heavy it's too whatever i always say this beer to me is very soft and what i mean by that is that there's no part of your palate or your taste buds that's going to be like attacked by any of these flavors. They are very well balanced. They're very approachable. It's nice and creamy. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. It got it does it coats the mouth. Um, I would almost say it's a little reminiscent of the Southern Tier chocolate. Um, I'm not gonna without say it's the good. bitter after Yeah, without the dark finish. chocolate. Uh, yeah. it's more of a milk milk chocolate yeah. kind of beer. That makes sense. Uh, but it's got that smooth, silky Now I'm trying to think texture. if I have any of the other chocolate around that we could pull out quick and try it next to this because that's a good idea actually this is really nice i like it a lot it's got very very dark i guess that's stout it makes a lot of sense so you not a lot of head in a lot of ways to me are a guinness connoisseur i don't know if i'd say connoisseur i do after all like what is it which one beamish or murphy's which one do i like better than guinness well we both like both of them better than guinness i like beamish better and you like murphy's better okay uh yeah i would say this is about on par with Murphy's over Guinness. 
What makes you think that I'm a Guinness connoisseur? Ah, more like we spend a lot of time in Ireland and you spend a lot of time drinking stout. And oh, you know, when in Rome. Yeah. <laughs> and it was during a time when I think your palate was really awakening. It's a really good beer when you're going to a place that doesn't have a lot of good beers. Is my my thought or when I, how I approach it now. Which is always true except if you really are going out with the intention of like getting drunk or drinking a lot. Just because a lot of times these the style of beer is very low in ABV compared to a lot of others. Well, I think Guinness is a very nice sessionable beer because of its low ABV. Well, no, it's sessionable. Full, full so flavor. it's a great opportunity to go out drinking. It's yeah. not a great thing to have if you're going out trying to get. Toasted. Price point wise, though, it's not really uh, that helpful uh, as a sessionable beer. This it's one just in particular. More expensive. It's, it tends to be a lot more expensive just than, your, it's imported. than your average, you know. Yep. Millers and, and cores and stuff, which people will drink all night long at $3 a pop or something like that. This one is 6% ABV, and it does tell you to enjoy it in a pub glass, which the picture is drawn there, which means basically the Guinness-style glass that we have. It's like a pint glass with a little curve to it. Mm -hmm. And uh, it does admit to the flaked oats and lactose as one of the ingredients. And it says that the artist is Charles Bloom, and the label is designed by Moxie Sozo. I don't know who that is, but it is a fun label, and I appreciate that whoever they brought on, they did give them credit to. Um, and I'll say, I know that we're not uh, we're not featuring this beer today, but if you're more local on the East Coast or the Northeast, particularly, uh, Lancaster Brewing Company also makes a really nice milk stout. And that makes a lot of sense to me because when I think Lancaster County, I definitely you think, think milk and cows. And yeah, exactly. Well, and that's one of the coolest things about beer is when you look at its development over the ages, like from the beginning, not so much now, but people brewed beer with what they had available. Um, as we mentioned on the Pumpkin Beer Podcast, uh, original Americans, or before they were even America, they were brewing pumpkin beers because, hey, you know what grows really well in North America? Pumpkins. And corn. Yeah. So much. And, you know, in, in Germany, there's not a lot of wonder why their beers are made with the ingredients that they are, because it's just lots of, like, big open fields where they're growing wheat and barley. Um, and in China, there's rice beers, because, you know, what they have a lot of, they've got a lot of rice hanging around, so you can do all that cool stuff. Can I use this moment to segue into the fact that a few days ago, we hosted a beer pairing dinner, as we are wont to do, where of our 25 guests, two of them were gluten-free. They sure were. And Ian and I had to do some fast and furious research on decent, can we, is that a fair adjective? Decent beers that are also gluten-free because if you look at the four basic ingredients of beer, the main one gluten in there. is a gluten. Yeah, so to switch that up is a little rough. Now, I, I have had some pretty high caliber rice beer in my time. Um, and I'd like to retry it now. When Jason and I first got into craft beer and we were running to Delaware once every two months to buy, you know, a couple mix packs to try new things, I do remember finding some rice beers that I really, really enjoyed. And I only picked them up because he loves Asian cooking and Asian food. And I'm like, oh, right. rice. It's like rice checks. Let's try it. Um, but now that we were re-looking at it, there's so, there's, they make them with sogum? Sour gum? I don't even know how to say it. It's a, Yeah. Some Whole Foods word. Um, <laughs> so it links. But yeah, anything they can ferment, I guess, that isn't a gluten. A gluten, right. So 
also sour gum and rice are two of the ways that you do it. Are two ways you can do it. Also, um, cider because cider is made from apples mm. or pears or you know whatever right. fruit. Right, fruit. Not fruit so is like fine. An angry um, Orchard or something like that would be a. Well, we didn't go that way. We actually we served them the spire. Spire uh, apple, pear, and blackened or the dark and dry. Dark and dry. Which and then we again, have the uh, omission, which is a whole brewery that's actually founded on the principles of omitting. Right. It's and on their label, it's uh, it's not always what you put in, but sometimes what you take out or something along those lines. Uh, so they're they're clearly saying, hey, you can. And they're I liked them because I didn't try their beers. I should. Um, I tried the one that we served on Friday, and it, I was surprised because it was really decent. Well, which I, sounds kind of judgmental, but I was expecting. It is judgmental, but. My point is, instead of a brewery saying, oh, this gluten-free craze is really popular, I'm going to brew this gluten-free beer and sell it because it's the only thing that people can buy. This is a whole brewery that says everything we make is going to be gluten-free because that's what we believe in. Which will and probably so you never you know be... that their quality is going to be better than pretty much anyone else's. Um, the only other one I would want to try is just recently I read an article and the alchemist who does the heady topper, yes. his wife is, uh, I'm not sure if she's celiac or just gluten intolerant, um, but he brewed a whole beer just for her basically. Like, hey, I made this, this beer for you and now of course he sells it. Uh, and I got to imagine it's pretty good if it measures up at all to heady topper. So I'd like to get my hands on them can bottle i don't know what it's in before we get too far into this i would like to take a moment of silence and mourn the fact that today is the adroit theory release party for levels two and three of the black heart society yeah they're releasing is it a base uh one of it, the first ones we did where you actually it's like the absinthe where you have to put the sugar on it and you know yeah I don't know that it's Bayes. It's tequila, it was tequila aged, or no, it's beer aged in a tequila barrel with poblano, poblano peppers. peppers. Oh, that sounded so good. It does sound good. I think good. it was like an IPA. It, well, of course, it's something really... Well, anyway, they're doing that today, but because of life events, dashing rogue events, work and work schedules, we could not get to Virginia. And they our hearts are really that. there right now, especially with... I saw their menu and all the I pairings know, it looks they really were good. offering. <laughs> So hopefully in the next, say, month or so, we will feature that beer on a podcast so that we can... Or we're going to save it for a little bit. Acknowledge how awesome it would Maybe be. Maybe we could wait right until now. we get our third one from them and then do all three in a sitting. That would be awesome. We haven't done that in a while. Yeah. There's at least one on the schedule that I think we can make. It's in November. And it's like the day we will be driving home from Florida. And oh, you yeah. know, Perfect. What's on the way from Florida to Pennsylvania but Virginia? That's true. That would be cool. There's hope. That would be cool. There's hope, friends. By November, we'll have a story to tell you. <laughs> it seems so far away, but it also seems so closely uh, encroaching. That's true. Maybe so, Jason, How have you had How close to episode this... 100 will that be? That's Ooh, almost episode 100, could isn't be. it? It really is very feasible. We'll do the math and see if we can maybe tweak some numbers and make that happen. Yeah. Or we'll make that episode 100 star because it's actually 107 and we just right. sort of... This should have been 100. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I have to tell you guys. So yesterday, Jason and I were at a wedding of some college friends. And after a very long time, I'm going to say, ah, when do we go to supper? Is that the place that we all went together during restaurant week? Yes. I don't know. We went in cold time. It was. That's all I, all I remember of this past year is... Back in the good time when I could still wear jackets out. That's not how I remember <laughs> it, but okay. 
So during that outing, we were talking about going out afterwards for some really great martinis because Chris of Chris and Sabra knows some awesome martini joints and life just was too busy at the time. And I think it was like a Sunday or a Monday night. So maybe in terms of life choices, it was the wrong time to go out for drinks. I think we made a wise choice considering that those bars probably still exist. Where yes. we can get those martinis. But I haven't had one since that night when we were talking about it back during the cold times. But yesterday we were at a wedding with an open bar and I decided that that was the perfect time to have one because as we have recently been informed that what makes or breaks a good martini is the freshness of the... I was waiting for you to finish my oh, sentence. Vermouth? And yeah, vermouth. Yes, <laughs> yeah. okay. Now I thought it started with an F. The Did... vermouth? Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, you're thinking of Frenet probably. Maybe. Um, and what, what surprised me is that I have maybe only ever ordered one other martini in my whole life at a bar. Like, I've made some at home, for sure. I've never liked martinis. Me neither. But I ordered it, and I asked for extra olives because, I, as I told Jason when we were waiting in line for my first round, which was just wine, um, I was eyeing up the olives in the garnish tray. They looked really delicious. It probably had something to do with the fact that it was like 4.45 in the afternoon, and I hadn't eaten yet. So olives looked very substantial and delicious. So when it was, you know, closer to six and I ordered my martini, I said, can I have extra olives in that? And at the moment that I ordered it, the groom came over. So I'm now splitting my attention between the bartender and the groom. And I'm not sure what to do because the bartender starts asking me questions like, oh, uh, did you want that with vodka? And I was like completely floored because I'm thinking I didn't order vodka martini why would you even ask that then he asked me if I wanted it straight up and then he asked me a couple other questions that I just remember nodding yes or no to but I didn't know what the questions were like I don't even know what I'm gonna get right I was thinking in the end she got a Cosmo (laughs) (laughs) I just ordered a martini and I want olives please I don't how did we end up with a strawberry daiquiri I don't understand how my A to B strawberry martini (laughs) it was actually really good the first say three or four sips I remember being a little shocked by it, and I did. I looked at him. He's just drinking gin. That's I looked at him very judgmentally and said, no, gin, of course. Like, why would you even ask if I want vodka? If I ordered martini, I ordered a martini. I didn't say a vodka martini. Yeah, but most people don't know that. <sighs> I mean, I'm sure he knew that, but he right. knew enough to ask. That's like, I always laugh a little bit when I go to a steakhouse, and I'm like, oh, I'll get that medium rare. And they're like, okay, that's going to be pink in the center. And, like, they'll describe how it's going to come out so that when it comes out that way, you can't go... This is so undercooked. Right. Uh, but it's like, yeah, I know what medium rare means, and I meant it when I ordered it. Or I'll say, I want that rare. And they'll be like, okay, so this is rare, and this is how it's going to be. And I'm like, yes, that's what I want. See, but I used to work in a steakhouse, and that was part of our training, is apparently that it's only, what, four or five different stops on that spectrum of steak cookingness mm-hmm. is not consistent amongst the country slash world well and it's region. not because there's a lot of times where i'll go and order a medium rare burger and i'll get it and it's you know medium well or even well and i'm just like okay aren't you glad it. you didn't Maybe order it's been it well sitting for a while which is why i actually started ordering rare burgers because i figured worst case scenario i actually get a rare burger awesome worst case scenario they'll overcook it and i'll at least get medium rare <laughs> so the left hand milk stout is what we were drinking what do you actually think of it now i know you said it was sort of an aha beer for you ian but uh, just in that, um, when I had it, I said, oh, this is a really nice, different stout. Because all I did drink uh, up to that point was pretty much Guinness. Um, I don't know that I've had it probably since then. But I remember going, oh, there's this this cool sweetness to this. But and the bartender Guinness is isn't like, a milk stout, is it? It's a stout. No, it's just a yeah. stout. It's a dry right. stout, actually. 
That um, yes, yes, yes. Okay. And the bartender was like, "Yeah, it's the the lactose sugars do that." And I was like, "Floored by that." And you know, I was 22 at the time, probably, and or just 19. knew that I like well, you know. So you still I don't like it? get any bars in trouble. Uh, I, 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 think... I I do still like it. I think it's very palatable. I would not drink it all night. I would probably not drink it as a first beer. I think it's a great closing beer. I really do like it. I am surprised. If I have to be honest, I don't know if I've had it out of a bottle more than maybe once or twice before. I think it's less sweet out of the bottle than it is on draft. I think it's much less bubbly and more sweet when it's on draft. So hmm. even though this is a really delicious that was bubbly? to me. Well, no, I don't think it's bubbly, but I think compared to how it comes off of the draft line, the bottle has more bubbles to it. Hmm, interesting. Um, yeah, I didn't think there were much at all. Like it had barely any no, head very, to it at all. smooth, velvety. I still think it's super nice, but I think when I've had it on draft before, when I read milk stout, it comes to me and I think more like cream stout, if it makes sense. Like the milky lactose of it touches my palate in a way that is smooth and creamy and a little sweeter than I'm expecting. So that was the left-hand milk stout. What is the next one that we're doing? Next Ian up. has already opened. I, yeah, I dove right in because you guys were slow poking that stuff. <laughs> uh, the Duck Rabbit. Um, Did he give you one? Ale. Or? No, everyone's I've glass was full. I just saw I a half it. of a bottle over there, but that was your pregame beer. My, my Dirt Wolf, which is not a part of this podcast. It's not, but I thought but it I will very be very enjoy. soon. I think we should probably feature it. Considering it's Maybe the... we should do their new lineup with the Hop Wallop That's and a good the, idea. the Swing or whatever. I do like Hop Wallop. Do you? Yeah. When the last time Story you for another wallet? time. I don't remember. That is a lot ahead on this one. Yeah. This was is like compensating the for the... Uh, it was probably a little bit me, but I think it was also a lot the poor. I don't think I did. Are we sharing one bottle? Um, we can. We don't have to. I just wanted to know what to expect. So what is Duck Rabbit? Uh, well, Duck Rabbit is a delightful brewery. They market themselves as the dark beer specialist. Um, I'm going to show Jason the label so he can appreciate that it's one of those old... Fa I remember seeing this for the first time in middle school. Is it a duck or a rabbit? Yeah. Like, when yes. you look at is this... Is this a man holding two glasses or an hourglass? Or, or a whatever. woman wearing a fur coat. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I love those things. They're bizarre. Uh, but this is their brown ale. So this is their, their lighter... <sighs> This is one beer. of the lightest dark beers that Duck Rabbit offers. Say, yeah, no, if you look at that through the light, it's very red. Sure. I mean, I guess it's a, probably a trait of brownies that and I don't know about. And bitter. I thought that that was a really good description. It is a good description, and I think it's important to say that a lot of beers are supposed to be bitter. Like, when people are like, oh, I think it's, beer it's in too general, bitter. I don't like it. But there's a difference between a bitter brown ale and a bitter quad IPA, if that makes sense. Sure. But I guess my point is people discount the flavor of bitter as if anything is ever bitter, then it's bad. It's off. It's wrong. But, I mean, there's, there's a substance called bitters that we throw into beverages. Um, it is a flavor. I say we, meaning you. It, meaning it's a flavor that our bodies enjoy, that. though, I think. I love should. a really good Sour Patch Kid. Does that count? No. Okay. That is the opposite of bitter. Yeah. Sour and bitter are opposites? I don't know. So you've been drinking this already. What do you think? Uh, well, you know, browns are kind of like porters to me. They're a little lackluster. They don't really fulfill their 
Browns they don't and... fulfill my desires and wishes as much as a stout ever could. Browns and porters, to me, are nothing alike. Because I love porters. I don't think they're oh, think similar flavor saying... profile. I think they're both in the same category of beers I think would be better if they were stouts. <laughs> <laughs> That's, That's very, very honest. <laughs> effervescent. On Just like time. I That's think really Saison's would be better if they were IPAs. <laughs> Have you seen, I think it was today or yesterday, the status I was tagged in about summer beer? No. All right. One of our college friends... Leinenkugel? Does this have anything to do with Leinenkugel? Summer shandy? was a shandy after... I don't want to say... P.S.? What's it called? Oh, I think a New York brewery should make a beer called Shandy After Sandy. (laughs) Oh! You mean New Jersey? Or was it in Jersey? Yeah. yeah. Stronger than the storm. Yeah, remember? but what what hit New York really hard? The economy? No, they were like <laughs> they were like parking garages oh. that were underwater. Oh. They got a huge... Yeah, right before the marathon too. You're yeah. right. I mean it was the same storm, it was just it hit them differently than it hit the whole Jersey shore. Whatever. Nobody cares about Jersey. <laughs> Sorry. I didn't mean that. I love New Jersey. Cape May's beautiful. The dark beer specialist. It says it right on the bottle. Yep. That's what they do. And well, I believe do. that they are one of the best dark beer brewers out there. Why? Uh, just from the beers I've had. The Duck Rabbit. Um, they have a double Their Baltic stout. Porter oh. is awesome. They're, porter. They actually, you just said a nice thing about a porter. Well, it's their Baltic Porter, though, which really is good. brewed double strength and really awesome. Uh, they also actually also have a really nice milk stout. It is very good. Um, and it's made in Farmville, North Carolina. Which I do not play that game on Facebook called Farmville, but I live in basically Farmville, so I'm very excited either way. I am looking. I do not see an ABV on the bottle, though. I find it out. We'll put it in the notes. Right? Check out our Facebook page. We'll put pictures and. Sometimes we remember to do that. Um, But yeah, no, I think this is a very palatable, well-crafted brown ale. I it's just actually, never, I, I, don't can't, I can't imagine me ever being in a place where I would walk into a bar and be like, let me get that brown. Well, yeah. what I was just going to say is the reason I like brown ales is the same reason I like the Adrian Brower, the dark golden ale that we use so often. For me, it's a good main course beer, depending on what it is that you're serving for dinner as a main course. If you're having a roast a beef, a steak, a lamb. I think it's a great sure, pairing. It's, it's a meaty beer to go with a meaty Without being course. too overpowering. Right. Like there's a lot going on, but you can still appreciate the meat that you're eating. Because I don't want to have a serving of meat that costs $20 a pound if I can't taste it because the beer I'm having with it is overwhelming. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, forgive me if I'm wrong on this, but isn't Detroit Theory also sort of specialist in dark beers? I thought that was a big thing for them, is their... Well, yes, but if you read their manifesto, which we have a couple pictures of because it was on their wall when we went to visit, (laughs) dark beers, I believe, have happened to them by default because their true mission is strong high ABV beers that are very exotic in nature and they are still sticking to their guns they are a nano brewery so they're never going to make the quantity of beer 
that some of the places, like had we not run into them, and by we I mean Ian, had we not run into them. Man, what a happy circumstance that was. Could you imagine we never would have heard of them? We probably would still not have heard of them just There's because. No chance we would have heard of them. They're three hours away and they're a nanobrewery. They're tiny. You know, they make enough beer to deal with the demand that they have. They're awesome at what they do, but we wouldn't have encountered them because you're not going to see them in a bottle shop. You're not going to see them at a beer dinner. You're not going to just run into them by chance. And it was perfect because... Well, we did run into them by chance, actually. Well, but I mean, exactly more like you're not going to run into one of their bottles if you didn't know their story, no, you didn't know their not, label. They're not really selling them. And unless maybe if you lived in the area and happened to... Even Jason spends a good amount of his time in Virginia, like Northern Virginia. Yeah. I don't think you're going to run into them, at least for another couple of years. Yeah, not till they grow. I mean, they have a huge social following right now. Well, and that's in the last month, there have been a couple articles online about social media and using that as marketing a small business. And Adroit Theory has been featured as someone who did it well. Uh, They had over 5,000 followers on Facebook before they had a brewery. Right. So the fact that they had a brand without well, having because, a product well, is a really a big deal. They did have a product. They had people tweeting like, hey, just got my case in the mail. And, you know, look at all. I mean, we were, we featured them on a, a whole podcast where it was just an hour long infomercial like a, for them, what, basically. Five months before they even started construction on their brewery, we yeah. had enjoyed their beers. Yep. So I want to uh, interject real quick if I could. There is a voodoo brewing company. And they have a brown ale, which I actually do like. It's called uh, Winona's Big Brown Ale. Sounds a little racist. I was going to say, everything <laughs> I want to say right now is inappropriate. Um, so but I'm like not all of their beers have that kind of, I don't know, like Mississippi, New Orleans-y kind of sound into them. Uh, and there was one beer that came out, and I'm devastated I wasn't able to find I like I didn't even hear a whisper of it existing anywhere. I just saw an article talking about it and it had been released uh, but it was the big black voodoo daddy and it's a barrel aged uh stout brewed with pappy van winkle oh no and i just can't imagine how good that is (laughs) But Meaning you think it would be good or you think oh, it yeah. wouldn't be? No, I think, I think you're amazing. the only one at this circle right now who's had Pappy, right? Uh, I mean, yes, I've definitely had it. I don't know if either of you have. It's have really not. good. Nope. No. The closest I got was that beer dinner we did in D.C. when there was we a lot of We should have taken them up the on room. it. They offered it to us. Did they? Yes. I said to you, if they offer us, I want to try it. <laughs> I felt bad. Oh, I It's probably have... better not to do that, yeah, if you're... Really? It was someone you know who offered it to us. I know, but it's still one of those things where if you're there for a business and you're trying I'd to provide a service... I'd say if we went back, service, we could totally do it. Totally. Yeah. Because they know us well enough then that it's not... Well, and right. also I was thinking that if we are going to Adroit, we should invite those guys along. That's definitely... Um, I think they actually went... I think they did go. Yeah, we they were went... following... We had a Twitter conversation going about it, but yeah. Right, but I think... Uh, Assuming they enjoyed it the first time, I think it would be nice to show up at a droid with like a nice crew of people and be like, "This is how much we, we love like yourself. you. We brought some people. We're excited to be here. Let's all drink and be merry." Yeah. Although I guess if it's a release party, they can't come. Nope. <laughs> what do you think of the duck rabbit? I am going to be very straightforward and tell you what I've told the world since 2009. I do not like nut brown ales. There is no nut in this brown I don't know ale. If this is a nut brown ale. It's not. 
Therefore, I get nervous before I sip it just because of the name, and then I drank some and was so relieved because I thought it was quite good. So you had low expectations going in. Correct. Yeah. Because of my own prejudice against nut brown ales. Well, and you can't take prejudice out of things. I had high expectations going into this because I like their Baltic Porter so much, because they have such a nice, nice milk stout, and I found this to be a very underwhelming but on par with my general expectations of brown ale. <laughs> what was the Baltic Porter? Um, it's like stout with a little more porter body, but a lot of flavor and a pretty good really ABV. Good. It sounds neat. We did that for one of Baltic our, our in-home beer dinners. Yeah, but it's like you would want to put it in a nice little glass because it pours like oil. It's just mm -hmm. thick and rich. And to me, it's it's a little more like, hey, we had this ocean liner that was starting to leak oil up in the Baltic region so of the world. It. So we bottled it. Yeah, exactly. I actually really don't mind this. I'm not usually a, a nut brown person. I just either. wish you guys would say nicer things about it because we've started to serve it with some of our main courses. Which is fine. And like you said, I mean, we're not eating this with anything or eating anything with this. So it's, it's not a showcase beer. No. It's not a beer you just sit down. In my opinion, you just drink for a night. But can you appreciate that could, if you were... You know, if you're having one beer, one of these in combination with other stuff, Absolutely. I think right. it's going to be great. Well, and if you were just sitting down to, you know, a rack of lamb with some great herbs on the outside, can you see how this would complement what's going on there? Sure, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's not how we're drinking it right now. Correct, but that's what I see it as, I guess, is I'm always looking through that lens of what could this offer a meal or a course. Yeah, it's not going to It's not gonna punch you in the face or something. It's just going to, it has a lot of mellow flavors it to it. It won't be the highlight of the course, but it will highlight the course very nicely. Correct. Yeah. And as the one who does the cooking, I would rather the beer highlight my food, if that's not oh, too sure. awful to say. Well, you wanted to bring out things in the food and, well, and vice versa. Yeah, they both bring something to the table. I um, hope now is a good moment to bring up that I brought some of the leftovers for Jason this afternoon and he tried the new tart that we offered this weekend. The warm goat cheese and apple or pear? Pear, pear tart. With almond butter mm, and shallots. And even he liked it. Yeah, it was pretty darn I good. I say even he in a way that he does not have quite the adventurous palate that we do. I'm a little sad because I didn't eat it and I won't get the chance for a little while, but it looked really good and it smelled really good. He wouldn't I eat it because of the like gluten-free cleanse diet that he's on. Oh, we had to bring that up. But <laughs> I ate some anyway and he called me a cheater and I kept eating. Yeah. So that's how that happened. Yeah. Whatever. It was delicious. <laughs> no regrets, man, no regrets. Look, I've committed to something. I'm going to do it. I'm not enjoying it per se. I'm not, <laughs> not enjoying it. How long does it last? It's two weeks. It's two weeks. And That's it's, not so and it's bad. good, hearty, wholesome food. So it's not like I'm starving myself. Let us be or doing straightforward like that with our listeners, juice. though, so they best understand. Yeah. What the actual rules are and what the Ian rules are. Okay. Yes, this was something that was floating around Facebook, and it was like, do this detox diet cleanse thing, and I was like, that sounds awful. Which, for the record, I, I've been really thinking hard about this. I do not believe in a cleanse diet. Period. I agree. I believe that my body is very good at what it does, and there is no food I'm going to eat that's going to like restart my system. There's no Control-Alt-Delete for my body. Therefore, what I do appreciate about this diet is that it does make sense to me in terms of what you're eating and what it's doing. Right. It's two weeks of pre-planned, all home-cooked, very healthy meals. And for me, I thought, that's great. And Gluten-free. 
They are gluten-free. They happen to be gluten-free. That High wasn't like a protein, selling point for me. low something. I'm trying to remember. Carbs, probably. Yeah, no, that seems right. Um, probably because it's gluten-free. But for me, I go out fairly often. I eat a lot of hamburgers and steaks and leftover Chinese food. And I drink a lot of beer. So, yes, I occasionally pack a few extra pounds that I would rather not have. So I'm working on getting rid of those. And I thought two weeks of healthy eating, of, of kind of mandated healthy eating, is a lot easier than two weeks of like, I'm going to eat healthier this week. Because I'm not. The first chance I get where I'm just like, oh, this is easier to just eat this Chinese food. I'm going to do that. So I did my best. I think I've done very well overall so far. I think you get a solid A- and I get a solid C+. Plus. <laughs> it's only because you had pizza one night. <laughs> Oh, we were going to do Papa John's today. I was hoping he'd forget about that. Why oh. did you do that? Look, shiny object over here. Look, <laughs> you can do Papa John's. <clears throat> they have an amazing deal right now. We can basically get two pizzas for the price of half of a pizza. That's awesome. Right? We're not sponsored by Papa John's. It sounds like an advertisement we for Papa John's. We are not, John's. except that Jason's and calorie every saw home run coupon. we hit. Yeah. Right? <laughs> so let me just derail this for one hot second because Too we late. couldn't find the ABV. Keep in mind that our first For beer, Duck Rabbit you're talking about? Yes. The milk stout that we had from Left Hand. 6%. Yes. Would you like to guess on the Duck Rabbit Brown? 5-2. Jason? 7-8. 5-6. Oh. Closer you're without right, going over. pretty much right Price on. Price right yeah. rules. Yeah. Ian wins this round. And actually on Beer Advocate, 94 and considered outstanding. For the style. You have to keep in exactly. mind. For the style. Yeah. Um, is that how they rate stuff? Is to the style? Yes. So like a 99 for a brown ale is different than is a It's maybe a 70 for a, for a double IPA. Well, it, it all depends on what you like. Sure. I was, so I was getting a pedicure the other day. Let's not even talk about the details of that right now. Derailing conversation again, right? <laughs> well, like but the woman who shtick. I only learned... Now, keep in mind, yes, I realize that I'm a girl, and so this means more to me than the rest of you. Uh than all of the listeners. Yes. <laughs> we were like 35 minutes into the pedicure before, and I'm I, with me, I took the book, Tasting Beer, because I wanted to use this time to read so that we can take ourselves our own test. Uh, 35 minutes into it, she goes, so what is your favorite beer? And I just sigh awkwardly. And I start saying, uh, well, I lead with Triple Carmelite and Aventinus and you know several other, and I see her eyes get really big, and she's like, oh, so fancy beer. For which I try to deflect because I'm in a small town on Main Street getting my toes done on a Saturday afternoon. Like, you know, I'm, I'm trying to use perspective for the story that I'm telling. And sure. so I deflect with, oh, well, Victory just came to town. You know, Victory just opened in our same town. They're a mile up the road. Something maybe we have in common. And as she's still, like, nodding absently at me, and I realize that this is not registering. Like, what am I missing? It comes up very shortly thereafter that she's still in high school. <laughs> And I was like, oh, so your 16 and a half year old self has no idea what I'm talking about right now. So you thought that she was over 21 when you were talking to her? I and thought it she turns was young. She was 16. I definitely thought she was in like the 21, 22 category. <laughs> it is amazing that as you... It is harder to tell. It is differ, so hard. Yeah, when you change through those but ages. But she had definitely held a very mature conversation with me about my husband, about my dog, about home ownership. Like she did a really good job. 
And it wasn't until we got to beer that I started to realize that she had no point of reference for anything. Well, we were good talking for her, about. you know. Yeah, legal drinking is good drinking. <laughs> Probably. We are in the country after all. That's true, Mr. Sweetwater in Boston with all of your rule breaking. I don't know what you're talking about. I never broke any rules. I never drank illegally until I was 21 years old. Now I drink illegally all the time because I drink <laughs> that. Uh, there's apparently this like buffalo grass vodka that you can what? import, but you actually can't import it because it's illegal. But apparently it's supposed to be like an, a hallucinogenic or something. You it's don't have high. the energy to hallucinate. You would fall asleep. Oh, God. You know, I would. That's the story. Did you appreciate that photo I sent you yesterday? What photo? Or this morning of Jason yesterday? Oh, yeah. It was nice. Falling asleep in the chair? Yes. Yeah, it was... I've done this this sleeping pose before. It's I called great. it his Ian when he woke up. I was like, you need to understand what just happened. That was your Ian moment. Sometimes all you got to do is just like prop your head up with your fist <laughs> and take a quick little nap. <laughs> yeah, I can't actually nap, but I can rest my eyes, I guess. It's the big deal. Oh, so I'm like, switching off of night shift. Uh, switching off of night shift and then uh, basically finished on Friday at 7 a.m. And then the next day I had a wedding that I had to be at for five hours. Um, well, probably so how seven much sleep have you gotten eight. in the past 48 hours? More a than decent eight. amount of sleep. Yeah, oh, definitely more. But it's just that jet laggy, you know, going from yeah, 12 hours, groggy. totally different. With an upset stomach and, and always groggy. And yeah. All the things that normally come with jet lag. I've been getting better at naps, which I'm not really pleased about. It makes me feel like I'm getting old. You are getting old. Because that's like what old people do. They're just like, I'm just going to take a little snooze. Or really, really young people. Yeah, like toddlers. <laughs> <laughs> I like to think I don't fall into either of those categories. But So now that you poured this for Jason, we will highlight the fact that we're drinking Glean, Green Flash Brewing Company's... The Lean Green Flash. Double Stout, which is a black ale. It's called the Lean Green Flash? Yeah. Oh. But she started to mispronounce. Green, green Flash Brewing Double Stout Black Ale. Part of why I bought this, a double stout sounded really interesting after, you know, loving double IPAs. But I also bought it because it has the word stout and ale on the same label. So I wanted to know, was it a stout or was it an ale? That nose is a little strong. I quite like this, actually. It is an 8.8% ABV, so... Lower than I would expect if it were, say, an imperial stout. I would say, well, um, as we've discussed before, though, double and imperial are pretty much the same thing. Although this is also the company that made a triple, triple IPA, IPA, but they didn't. That mean you it. called that vomit. But they didn't tasting. mean it. <laughs> I loved it. You loved Eventually. it half an hour in, and when you were drunk enough not to notice no, anymore. No, I, I would drink it. I would drink it again. I think about. It I will make time, you actually. drink it again Please just do. to see how you respond. This one's really acidic. I feel like it tastes very acidic. So if you think of the first beer, I was going to say coarse one, but no, if you think about the first beer, right. left hand that milk is stout. definitely clearly a stout. The left hand milk stout oh, is yeah, definitely. definitely clearly a stout. It's really mellow. I actually like that. This is only 8.8, technically a double right. stout much slash stronger. black ale. What, when you talk about the difference in body, what do you think? It's much stronger. Uh, like boozy stronger or boozy stronger yeah i would say it has more of that ale bite to it and less of the stout smoothness i would disagree with something you said earlier though um i think the milk stout is a better starter than something like this would be 
I feel like this is going to wreck your palate with as strong as it is, and then the milk stout is just going to die. Well, then you can double it up with the palate What do you mean by starter, that. though? Not? So, like, if you're having your first beer of an evening, I feel like the milk stout is going to ease you into drinking beer. You're going to get more of the nuance and the flavors since it's more subtle. And then when you move over to something like this, I it's just, shocking your system more. I don't like it when certain beers kind of coat the mouth and they linger. Yeah. And they don't really go away for the rest of the night. It might depend I on if you're eating great, with it or not. Sure. But I think those are the best. So you're saying beers. this one does a that. nice imperial stout. No, I think the the left hand milk stout does that, where it's just like it was creamy and it was like kind of drinking a glass of milk in certain regards. Mm-hmm. Um, but that I and think the lactose of all of us only one of the three of us knows what it's like to drink a glass of milk. I drink milk. You <laughs> never drink have milk in your fridge. With milk in it. That's not the same thing. I can spell milk and I buy it at Walmart for Jason, but I don't ever drink milk ever. Yeah, I drink a lot of milk. Jason will drink a milk. Uh, Listeners, you missed the glare that the beer mistress just gave the professor, by the way, when he gave his response. Glare. It was it was quite. You the glare. never have milk in your fridge, so you can't tell me you drink milk unless you like go to McDonald's all the time and order milk and don't tell me. It's like your dirty little secret. Oh, I go to, whoa, that's like the dirtiest secret ever. Yeah, because you don't go to McDonald's. Yeah. It was a very safe metaphor because you never go to McDonald's. Fine. I, I do like milk, though. You just never have the luxury of enjoying it? I just it. don't drink it. <laughs> this is the longest titled beer we've had for the evening, for sure. I do think it's closer to a black ale than a stout, though, than a double stout. Mm-hmm. A black ale? That's a nice black IPA That's last night the from... the uh, subtitle is on the 17 layer oh, title. Yeah. yeah. There is nothing about the body of it that says stout to me, if that makes sense. Like there is stout to me is rich and full and creamy and this is warm and roasty and dark, but it's not the body of a stout that I would expect. I feel like that is a an SNL skit or something like that waiting to happen. Somebody reading beer titles <laughs> and just going on and on and on for paragraphs for a well, single Well, they can start with Evil Twins labels. That's yeah. true. They're even more Jesus. Oh. Yeah, but like some of them are. What is that it, was like, the name like of a beer. For the record, I'm not just being obscure. Um, it's like a full run-on sentence for their beer title, and uh, he just does some crazy stuff. I have to get the exact wording of this because if I mess it up, it will not be nearly as funny. Um, but Verlin, who has obviously been a very frequent podcaster, as well as a fervent supporter has a son and that is how I met Verlin is because his son Ryan performs and we were acting together and him and Ian will be acting together in just a couple of months good time so I woke up to a text bright and early this morning because Ryan is definitely a night creature Um, he has a habit of being up to like four in the morning and then sleeping during the day and that's not relevant to the story except that I was not awake when the text came So I got this text that said, Nathan and I, and this is Nathan from podcast like 77. Worcester? Yes. Winchester? Worcester. He's he's got the blonde hair and we call him a Viking. He's darling. Okay. So Nathan, that Nathan, who has already been on the podcast. Nathan and I, meaning Ryan, have come up with a great idea for a podcast. We will have drinking and we will analyze Shakespeare. It sounds like drunk history. Like <laughs> a take on it. drunk history. Yeah. And I said, Ian does that sometimes, especially about Macbeth, but it loses the rest of us. And he's like, no, we'll join him in this. And depending on what we're drinking and what play we choose, I'm sure we could find some delightful correlations. Some correlations? Yeah. 
Shakespeare jokes. <laughs> Jason's not a. I I don't know that one. Coriolanus? There's a play called Coriolanus. It's one of his lesser known. Oh. Lesser impressive. The, the category of the uh, the bad plays, basically. <laughs> uh. It's like, Shakespeare wrote this. We're pretty sure. We're not sure why. And also, no one produces it ever because it's not one of his better works. I feel like they do that a in lot. In fact, that's the only reason that people London. produce it. Is they're like, well, no one ever does Coriolanus. And it's like, and yeah, it's free. It's bad. <laughs> yeah, well, the, both times that we've been over to London, the uh, what Royal Shakespeare Company or whatever it is that's over there. At the yes, Globe. The At the Globe. They always do the shows that are a little less well known. And I think as a lot of that should. is, yeah, they're trying to raise awareness of the ones that are not as This oh, is should be like a Kickstarter. Everybody knows. This yeah, is a fantastic knows. segue into the fact that in two weeks, I'm performing at the New Jersey Renaissance Fair Oorah. as part of the female singing group called Chase Treasure. We are totally chased, but also a treasure. I don't know. I'm trying. I did not name the group. Um, but three of the five of us in this female singing group are all playing uh, characters from As You, As like, you it. like It. Another Shakespeare play. Correct. Uh, I will be playing Catherine. A play from which the famous quote, All the World's a Stage, originates. Yes. I'm glad one the of us knows The monologue that it. all actors know. Monologue or just quote? <laughs> I can no, give you like it's a monologue. It's really? I know it is. Do you not know it? All the world. You is have to know it. Something, something the really men players. Oh players each with goodness. their entrances and exits. exits. One man in his time has many, many roles. parts. Yeah. We might have to pay royalties. Careful. <laughs> yeah, he's dead. Yeah, right. Royalties to Shakespeare? I'm pretty sure he's got other that's, things that's going. That's the reason that, that there's whole Shakespeare the companies. Joke. Thank yeah. you for explaining the joke, Sheldon. Ouch. Ouch. <laughs> this from the guy who will not let me finish the season because it was getting depressing. No, I was just tired. I wanted a nap. See, when we're right I understand back, naps. we're right back to him and his schedule. Yeah, I'm just gotta let the man sleep some. Stop yeah. bothering him. Yeah. Why are you bothering him? Yeah, we have so, to have Ian over more so he can stand up to you for me. Yeah. Yeah. I'll do that. Ian stands up to Stop me. Stop bothering as my a friend hab- Jason. Like he needs a hobby, and that's what he chooses to do with his time. Stand up to you? Yes, I'm <laughs> pretty sure. That's not what I choose to do. I choose to nap like Jason. I choose to nap or play video games or go out drinking. Mostly I choose to ignore you, I think. Not that I recommend you should do that because you're... <laughs> Ow. No kicking. Break your pedicured toes off. <laughs> wow. <laughs> well, if it's just the pedicured ones and the unpedicured ones will survive. <laughs> it's the survival of the fittest here. <laughs> Evolution. Or the, or the, not, or the uh, camouflage because they're, they're not pedicured. <laughs> They just they blend, blend in. in. If it bleeds, we can kill it. <laughs> so, Mr. Jason, you do have a new game that you should tell the world about. So they can also buy into it. So you can all play together on this. Wild Star is the name of the game. Uh, is that what you're talking about? Yeah, that's totally what I'm talking about. Yeah, it's a MMO that actually is... You told me about it, but when you said the name again, it did not ring any bells. So no. I felt a little guilty. But yeah, I so I just, I was playing the beta. Um, it's almost, it's actually about to be released here at the beginning of June. Uh, it's well, M- Ian does not have a birthday coming up, so we can't buy it for I him. I have a half birthday coming up. Oh, there you go. Is that a thing? I don't, yeah, What sure. about the... If I get just, gifts, then yeah. The ju- you just moved in with us anniversary? Like, do well, we buy I'll you gifts for that? just steal it from you. Oh, okay. So it's an MMO along the lines of things like World of Warcraft and all that. But it's, uh, I'm pretty sure the people that did the art for it also did things like Ratchet and Clank. Because it had very futuristic, uh, uh, you know, exaggerated features and all that. It's, it's really neat. It's actually a lot From of fun. From the outside point of view, 
it's the physicality of the characters that right. made it look like Ratchet and Clank. The way that they move and all that is similar yes. to the way that they've yeah had the character. It's one of those where move. you wouldn't play yeah. Mario, and then have the same people who designed all the worlds and the characters and all of that go off and design right. something new. Like you the would, Elder Scrolls. You'd be able to tell yeah, that they you know they worked on Mario and this is how they're this is sure. what they're comfortable with and how they move. It is a very it's a really cool uh, uh, game so far as much as I've been playing it. Looking forward to when that releases and all that, but cool. Did you guys see the online video that was the realistic Mario Brothers? Uh, yes. No, the I one did. like the HD version or whatever. I don't know that HD matters, but he's like, do, do, do. And it's just the first screen that we all had on our TVs forever. Yeah. Mine was probably on a console TV because that's how old you it run was. And there's like the three blocks. and Yeah, and, and he, he just like runs line. along and he hits his head on the block and he just like ends up dying because he broke his vertebrae by <laughs> jumping up and hitting his head on a block. It was it was like Mario Brothers humor meets um, Family Guy humor when he does his <sighs> You know how he does that for like eight minutes and I just want to punch the screen because I'm so tired of him doing that one joke over and over. They did that joke in something like the third, second or third season of Family Guy, I feel like. And, and it, it almost back. didn't Every make it. Season, it almost didn't yeah. make it into the season. It became one of the most popular jokes. Yeah. I have no patience for it because it's endless. Like at That's this point, the humor of it though, it goes through just... all the stages of humor where it goes from, oh, that's funny. To they're still doing this. I can't believe they're still doing this. I'm bored by they're still doing this. They're still doing this. <laughs> <laughs> that's me with some plays that I read that are newer. Is I'm like, oh, that was cute. Oh, that was funny. Oh, rule of three. Now it's okay. God, why didn't it stop yet? Like, why is it still rolling? Yeah, I feel like some people are like, you know what? I'm not going to abide by the rule of three. Well, any, any I'm going to do it four times. You but can take it's a any joke too long, though. Yeah. yeah. And it will eventually come full circle. Maybe not any joke, but you can take a joke, and it will go through the stages of just being like, okay, now you're annoying. Like, aren't you glad I didn't say banana? Or knock knock who's there? Or wh whatever it is. Why did the keep... chicken cross the road? Because we live in the country, and Jason touched a cow's tongue this week. Right. And you can take... That's good. Don't do that. You could eat a cow's tongue, though. What's wrong with touching a cow's tongue? Oh, I didn't like go up to him and be like, let me let me feel your tongue. I, I was petting its nose and it licked me. Oh, <laughs> it's just a great sentence. Oh, they have big noses. It's, it's hard sentence. not to, it's hard to pet anything else when they've walked up to you. Really coarse I'm cow tongue. I'm just going to sit Very here and coarse. nod disapprovingly and not say anything because it'll be way more powerful. If you'd seen it, I think you would have been like, that is the most adorable. I would leap over the electric fence and hug the cow. What are you talking about? Sounds terribly dangerous. Yeah, it does sound a very lot dangerous. Of levels. Our dog is scared of that fence now. She will not go anywhere near it. That's why they make electric dog fences, because dogs are afraid of electric fences, right? Mm, yeah. No, well, they're not, not afraid of electric fences. They're afraid of electric Being shocked by the... <laughs> <laughs> Smartly. Dogs yeah. are smart. Can I tell you this completely random conversation that Ian, had, Ian and I had a couple of months ago now, I guess? Apparently, we might have met before we met. Oh, yeah. That was kind of interesting. That was definitely a moment. I don't even remember where we were driving. It was somewhere god-awful, I'm sure. We were both driving separately, actually. Oh. Where we realized that I was called back for a play at the Players Club of Swarthmore, which is one of like the most prestigious Delaware County theaters you could possibly perform in. And I had only gone... What? Non-paying? Yes, definitely. Are there any paying theaters in Delaware County? I don't know. Okay. 
um, I was only called there because the director and I had worked together before and he said, Shannon, come out for this play. So I came out and I auditioned and was called back and did read-throughs and all of this stuff. And I guess at some point along this line, Ian had also gone through all of these steps minus maybe the first one with the director having known yeah. you. Yeah, I mean, I just went to the general audition and then we got a call And back. he got cast. And I got this very teary call from the director saying, so I cast the guy that played opposite you being Bill, our lawyer. Oof. <laughs> but not me. And he's Did like, he play the accountant? Uh, probably. Ernie? Almost certainly, probably. That's totally his character. Yeah. So anyway. Which means you would have been a cookie. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> Don't know what any of that means. Anyway, we found that after the fact that we were at the same audition and Neither the same callback. And we were both due to be cast in the same show. And his sister was getting married and I got cut at the last second. Yeah, so they actually gave me the part and then I was like, uh, I can't do it. <laughs> so it wasn't until we were talking about our like past theater experiences we've probably been in the same room together probably but we didn't meet until like eight months later neat it's weird for us probably not you sorry about that story so can we talk about beer because no. we've sort of moved off of beer completely for the last 10 minutes eh. what is video games what is it fun. we're what is so it we're talking about again? this is the green flash double stout uh i really like green flash in general um i love their saison and i freaking love their triple uh, really? I'm, yes. Mm, very, very happy by their, their triple. triple Belgian style, yes. right? Okay. Yes. I really like their Palette Wrecker, which is one of the most overwhelming IPAs I've experienced before I had their triple IPA. I bet IPA. you would like it a lot. Well, I like overwhelming IPAs, yeah. Um, Super bitter, though. Not yeah, citrusy bitter, IPA not citrusy. at all. Hmm. Super bitter. Very West Coast. Sweet. Is that a West Coast thing? Yes. West Coast wants to abuse your taste buds with very strong flavors especially hoppy flavors and not the more approachable citrusy hops it's always a very like oily bitter i feel hop. like a lot of it has to do with uh just demographics too i feel like we have more of those coniferous east coast trees and stuff out here so that kind of piney resiny Grapefruity. Uh, I love grapefruit in my beer. I, I mean, I do too. Don't get me wrong. It's my favorite. It's the only reason I want to brew. I'm starting to get more and more questions about... Well, we could infuse too. Let's just make Berlin do it for us. We could just infuse. Berlin, do something for us with grapefruit. That sounds so indiscriminate and also commandy. Please. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, that's okay. That's okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, in that case, never mind. We <laughs> love grapefruit. <laughs> We could infuse too, couldn't we? Could we, we could. put grapefruit we into something? A nice saison. We well, we'll we do got that. really close to doing one of the infused out. beers two or three weeks ago, and Ian said we're not allowed to do it without you. Damn straight. I'd be okay with that. Well, I know you would. It just is going to take more planning. Sometimes we kind of right. We'll need to like buy vegetables and fruits Oops. and yeah, the things. Maybe we the right time to do it is like the Chia peak seeds. of summer when everything is like. I bet like thriving. rosemary would go really nice. Rosemary would be awesome. Mint will be awesome. I bet basil would be delicious. What we might have to do is actually several a, beers of yeah. small quantities so that we're trying. We're gonna need more presses. You have one. We have. Or we're one. gonna have to like pause a lot and go rinse and wash. More presses it is. Pausing is so high maintenance. <laughs> Well, there's hope. Cool. If any of you guys have favorite ideas or recipes for infusing beer with a French press, please email it to us, say, in the next three weeks. 
Because we're not sure. going to do it in less than three For weeks. For the next right? week. Because you're hearing this now, and if you do it soon, you'll remember. If you don't, forget. Then we won't do it. All right. By June 1, to Beer Mistress at Which is really close to when Wildstar releases. And in we're case back you need that mile marker. Yeah, that's not beer. It's not. So, Jason, which beer was your favorite? Uh, the Milk Stout, I would say, for sure. Though I really did like the brown ale. Really? I was kind of surprised about that. But no, I like the Milk Stout more from left hand. Ian? Uh, I'm going to go with the Green Flash. Really? Yeah. Why? Because it was the best. But why <laughs> was it the best? Because it wasn't a brown ale and it wasn't a Milk Stout. <laughs> Not an acceptable no, uh, way. Because I, I really like Green Flash. I think they do really excellent work. And I think I liked... I mean, I like the black IPAs. I like stouts. I like bitter. I think actually you bring up a very valid point is that this to me is not a double stout and it's not a black IPA because there's, to me, I'm not picking up any of those roasty hoppy bits that I would get in a black IPA, Mm -hmm. but I'm not getting the body that I would get out of a stout. So I'd be really interested to learn a little bit more about how they make it to see why this is the style they choose to define it as. Maybe they're creating their own style because it doesn't fit into either of those other ones. Very, very possible. Um, I think it's a really good beer, but I wouldn't call it one of my favorite if I'm just judging each one on its own because I do think the left hand's still the best. However, um, I'm going to say, compared to last week when everything that we tried was new, creative, out of the ordinary, and we couldn't pronounce it, (laughs) this week was pretty solid across the board. Even the brown ale, which I also am very skeptical about, I thought was very good. Yeah. And our ABVs weren't off the roof as they are sometimes. Mm-hmm. Through the roof, is that a thing? Okay. Yeah. Through the roof, yeah. Off the roof makes it sound like it's committing off suicide. Off the charts, I think, is what you. Off the charts or through the roof. Exactly. But combined, it's just a crazy ABV time. Jason, you have an empty glass. I'm sure we can help you with that. Yeah. I you can do that something. time of day. Do a little more milk stuff if we've got it. Thump da dum. Milky and delicious. So you can always follow me on Twitter. I'm at Beer Mistress. I'm at Dashing underscore Rogue. And I'm at, and I'm Jason. I don't remember what was happening yesterday, but I felt like you had a perfect life event for tweeting. I fell asleep in a chair. That. And uh, we were at the wedding and he was drinking Corona. Oh, yeah. And he had this amazing moment where he was trying to like balance the Corona and the lime and there was like chugging happening. It was great. Yeah, it was an accident. Well, you're supposed to flip it upside down with the uh, uh, lime in it so that the lime like floats to the top and then infuses and then you flip it back over and then it just sort of gets the lime flavoring throughout the Corona. And uh, I, it didn't work super well. He fell well. asleep in the middle, so... He, no, I'm kidding. No, Sorry. No. Either way, good times. Uh, you're almost out of time. If you'd like to enter to win our... Game of Thrones iPhone cover giveaway. Please do find us on Twitter or Facebook for that giveaway, and we will probably announce the winner on the next episode, I would say. Sweet. But also, we mean it. We are so excited to infuse beer. So if you have any ideas that maybe we haven't brought up already, send them over, and And we will make it happen. I would say, realistically, we have time for seven or eight. Different infusions. Wow, that's a lot more than I thought. Really? Because when we did the best of the worst, we did like 10. Yeah, but you were also. Yeah, but we're doing like shot glasses. But that's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking if we're going to infuse, we're not going to infuse like pints. We're going to infuse a couple sips at a time. 
All right, seven, six or seven. We'll lower it a little bit, but anyway. Thank you so much for joining us. This is Shannon, your beer mistress. The professor. And I'm Jason. We'll see you next time.